Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's about as much as I feel. But, but straight off the top, basically, last week's recording wasn't great. We apologize. There were some gremlins that needed some airing out. Gremlins, you say? Yes. Uh, I also yeah. have to apologize this week if there are any errant sounds. Booth Kickass has been colonized by two little newcomers. Some foster kittens are in the room with me today, so any noises are them. As payment, recompense, and as a tax, I shall be putting some photos on the Instagram for your viewing pleasure. You better Aww. be putting photos on the Instagram. I mean, I've seen Wait. two photos and they have the, the tiny little feet with the little beans. <laughs> ah, oh, there's a cut. I've, I've, I've seen the stickers. I want to claim those. <laughs> those are fun. Ooh, you made this? I made this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other than that, I think we're all in, perhaps not in full fighting shape, but we're all in drag ourselves along the floor to the microphone shape so it's going pretty well we're in shape yeah. round is a shape we're... <laughs> yeah, yep. some would say it's the perfect shape you know what i'm just saying yeah, yeah. I, th I think the summer lull has kind of ended things are picking up fast yeah and i think we're sort of coming to like the conclusion of our we had the high of ooh, new things shiny tech timber now we're kind of maybe settling into the realities of when you get something on day one when you've gone into the purchase and some of the more unsavory Everything's elements. on fire. <laughs> it's not on fire. It's just a little toasty, that's all. Hi, yeah. welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy and I am joined today by Jeff. Hey, guys. And Murdoch. Hello, everyone. And this week we're going to be tackling some of those tricky topics on right to repair, planned obsolescence, and all of those wonderful things that the tech companies do not want to give us. Uh, yeah, I mean, up top, I just think it's important to say, because we're all Apple users and we're all very happy with our iPhones, some newer than others. But <laughs> truthfully, Apple have been a villain in this story for a very long time in terms of right to repair. They have been yep. fighting against this for a long, long time. Yeah. And they are wrong. They are on the wrong side of this. Uh, for sure. I, I, I still feel like the whole USB-C thing has been just, it's just been a holdout for no particular reason. Well, for some very obvious reasons, but it really just feels like a holdout. Like, why did we have to go through odd, you know, connectors and converters and whatnot? Yeah. It definitely, feel, for me, it feels like Apple have been very much, you know, like when you've got like a child and mm -hmm. you desperately want for them to do something that is good for them, is they need to do it. Mm -hmm. It's good for you. It's good for me. Everybody wins. They're like, take a bath. No. Come on, just take a no. bath. <laughs> no, I'm uh, going to sit here and be uncomfortable on purpose and then moan about it. No. It's like Apple almost did it because they were told they had to. That's why they didn't do it, which I understand because I'm also a person that might do that on occasion. There's nothing worse than being told to do something when you're just about to do it. I just and wish that we as users wouldn't make it harder than it needs to be like finally we get USB-C and there is this small yet vocal minority on social media complaining about having to replace their lightning accessories come on why make this harder than it already is but then again I don't know how many of those people are the ones that are actually complaining about changing their lightning cables or they're the people on social media complaining about other people having to change their <laughs> lightning cables and it is a big difference because for some people out there a change has happened and they've been forced to do it, which is great. But for some people that may be in, in the partisan camps of Apple and Android, nothing they do will ever be good enough. And that's that's mm -hmm. a whole different conversation. Yeah. But yeah, for mm -hmm. the love of 
Although they brought in this USB-C, but they did do it in their own weird Apple way. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think the best explanation I've seen of why they've given us these two tier things is likely that the chip that's going into the base iPhone 15s is the same chip from last year's 14s, which was designed with Lightning in mind, which was a USB 2.0 controller. They do this staggered chip process to make best use of yields when they actually make the chips. So basically, Mm. if they'd have wanted to run everybody onto USB 3.0, they'd have likely Mm. needed to have all of the new iPhones on the new chips, and there simply aren't enough. Mm. This new 3 nanometer process that they're using appears to be Apple have them all, and they've put them all into the iPhone 15 Pros, of which there aren't enough of. Mm. So there is something of an explanation, but I don't know if it's a good explanation. And we can come up and say, oh, who's plugging in their phones anymore? Me, I'm doing it. So, you know, like, it's complicated, but they could have done better. They could have foreseen this coming. They could have planned for it. They could could have done better. And then Mm -hmm. not to be just ragging on Apple, so can Samsung, so can Google, Mm -hmm. so can Sony, and everybody else making these phones. They can do better. They choose not to. There's Mm -hmm. uh, There's a vague theme around right to repair. It's been rumbling on for a long time, and it's a a very, very important topic. And I think a lot of people may not be as aware of it because it doesn't, it may not affect their day to day, even though it will do at some point, but it may not seem like a super important argument. But there are so many companies out there that have been fighting against this for so long. And the fact that EU legislation has had to come in to force a multi-billion dollar company to do this is a sign that Apple was standing on an anti-consumer platform. Yeah. And they were doing it and it was actively hurting you. Like yep. you, the listener, you, uh, Moggy, you, Murdoch, you, me. It was actively hurting We are the little pinata they are beating with the sticks until money falls out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here's, here's a throwback to a different episode we had at some point in time. Many years ago, I was able to reconstruct a phone from parts from two different phones. Ah, and Frankenphone. perfectly fine. <laughs> Frankenphone. That was at a time where, you know, the individual components weren't locked down. Hmm. Unlike now. Unlike now, you swap out the battery and you immediately get a warning. You swap yeah. out the camera unit and you immediately get a warning if it's at all functional. I mean, this is the thing, right? And this is where right to repair this, you know, amazingly important pillar that is holding up our rights as, I hate the word consumer, but as consumers, this is our right. It's complicated because these phones have become more than just phones and more than just mini computers. They are now doing our banking. They're doing our healthcare. There is a privacy aspect that, okay, I want my phone to be locked down to a certain degree so that if some bad actor was to start replacing things inside so they can steal my data, steal Mm. my banking things, I'd want to know about it. But at the same time, I'm not sure the battery is doing that. But I don't know. I am not an engineer. I couldn't tell you these things. But Mm -hmm. I feel like privacy is this little like thread that, that goes through all of these conversations where generally if somebody's trying to do something that's against our privacy, it's never for our own good. No. Mm. Nobody needs to know your business for a good reason, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. So it's like, Jeff, you've uh, put this note down about John Deere as a really good example of how right to repair can have a really serious ramification, right? 
Yeah, so John Deere, they, they make tractors, they make a lot of industrial farm equipment. A, a, a small note, tractors are probably an excellent example of this. They're very utilitarian vehicles. Well, this is exactly what happened where there was these tractors, these new tractors that were coming out, they were smart tractors because obviously everything needs to have a, you know, have Wi-Fi on it now. And what was happening is that farmers, people who owned these vehicles, who paid millions of dollars for these vehicles, weren't able to actually fix them or change them or customize them in any possible way because it, whenever they did, it, it clashed with the, uh, you know, with the internal whatever hoo-ha voodoo they had going on in there. It, it was like a really early example of internet shenanigans, these anti-consumer shenanigans leaking out of the digital realm into the real world. And suddenly you are having physical components locked down by DRM. And people's, mm. you know, and this isn't this isn't just, oh, you can't use your phone in a particular way or I guess I'll have to go to the proper place. This is farmers, people whose livelihoods were put at massive risk because of corporate greed. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. And, you know, and, and it's just, you know, these farmers, not only is their, their livelihood at risk, their farms, their property, but also the crop yield afterwards, which affects everybody. It affects you. It's, it's scary. It's very, very scary that somebody very, very far away at the top of a tower in Seattle or New York or wherever can have that much effect on one dude, one bloke working away in a field. And it's crazy because why do they even have any right to know? I, Farmer John, bought that tractor. I, Consumer Moggy, bought that iPhone. It's, it should be yeah. mine. I gave you money, you gave me product. Mm -hmm. That's how this is supposed to work, not... I gave you money, now I need to give you more money to keep using my product. Yeah. Like, mm. no, 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 that's not how this works. Like, this isn't a, a, a relationship. This is a transaction. <laughs> well, it's like, even though obviously nobody's paying, you know, you know, save, save a tractor costs like five, six hundred thousand dollars. I, I don't know how much they cost, but it's a definitely lot. high. <laughs> Um, nobody's putting down six hundred grand K cash for one of these things. You're gonna you're buying it on a on a payment basis, like you would any expensive purchase. Hmm. But when you buy a house, for example, there's no you, you can't not start customizing your house because you don't haven't fully paid it off. It's ridiculous. You yeah. you hmm. own the property with an agreement that you're paying for it in installments. It's still your property, mm -hmm. and the fact that they were able to quash this right. Uh, with people for their own property was was very very scary. I believe that it was overturned in the end. I think the, the farmers unions did win on this. Hmm. It was a it was a scary step. It was a scary step that I think made it. Fortunately, it made it very a lot more people aware of it than they otherwise would have been. Mm -hmm. Well, the car industry keeps trying. I know a lot of the big manufacturers, especially the more luxury end, are trying to lock features behind paywalls. Again, your car can do these things when you buy it. Heated seats, extra radio stations. I'm sure there are many features in cars. I, my car is too old to have features. <laughs> and then you'd have to pay a subscription fee to Mercedes, to Tesla, or to whoever to keep using the feature. And it's like, no, that's not how this works. This is a car. I have bought this incredibly expensive thing. Like, if you don't want me to have a feature, don't put it in the car. That's how this is supposed to work. And there has, again, a big backlash against it. People refuse to pay it, and now they're pushing back. And I think that's something that I wish I could just gather everyone in the world, you know, with translators and just have, like, if you don't pay for it, they're going to stop doing it. Thank you for attending mm. my TED Talk. <laughs> well, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a fine example of... 
it's something we all we all forget because a lot of us we live in in the world the world we live in, especially living in a more for us in a more Western part of the world, we take a lot of things for granted. We take a lot of the rights we have for granted. Mm-hmm. And things like this are a fantastic reminder that the rights aren't given, they're taken. Mm-hmm. These aren't bequeathed to us. We know they don't come down from on high and we're like, oh thank you, thank you, Mr. You know, Mr. Man. No, it's we take these from we, we have to take these rights from the companies. We have to take these rights from the governments because and we have to fight to keep if, them. You mm-hmm. have to fight to keep them. Yeah. And it's really is a, a good example of how the digital world is trying to creep into the, the real. I, I feel like I'm in the matrix right now, the real. In the, in um, the true truth. The true true, exactly. Same directors. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But it's, it's crazy. It's like some sort of genie demon story where as the, the demon creeps from the digital world, it's bringing all of the end poopification with it. Hmm. Mm. It's, it, it is a bit crazy. You go buy a physical book, for example. You're free to do whatever you want. Well, well, then reason. You're free to read it. You're free to put it on a bookshelf. You're free to throw it into the fireplace if you want. Nobody's going to ask you any questions. It, it is yours to do with whatever you want, barring, you know, distribution issues or redistribution issues, as were. Or throwing it at somebody's head, that might be considered a bit impolite. <laughs> a, a little bit, a little bit, yes. Uh, but, you know, you hold on to the book for as long as you take care of it and it, it will be your book. The The digital analog isn't, hey, it's not as straightforward. You don't the content own, of the book don't own or it. said book may be the same. But, like, the rights you have... Like, you, you have, you purchase the ability to access this information. Yeah. And, that, and the key word there is that you access because it can be taken away from you at any time. And it based on distri- uh, Yeah. I mean, th- there's so many, I mean, for example, uh, on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, mm-hmm. I have certain favorited songs that I can see it skip past it immediately. I can see it flash up and then go away because it's no longer available in my region. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't purchased that song, but if I had purchased it, I would still not be able to access it. I say this is where subscription services are maybe somewhere in, I don't want to say the right direction because it's actually making it worse, but at least with a subscription service, that's what we're doing. I'm paying an access fee. It's like a library card. I am paying for my library yeah. card and I can, while I pay for it, I can access the books. If I stop paying for it, I no longer access the books. Bad example, mm-hmm. most library cards are free. But it's different Support when you library. go and pay, you know, your... I mean, for example, a movie, 15, 16 British pounds is what I remember seeing on like Apple nowadays to buy a brand new movie. And Mm. then, oh, suddenly Apple's had a falling out with whoever distributes it. It's no longer available. Well, give me my money back. This wasn't a subscription. This wasn't a, I bought the movie, but you didn't buy the movie. You bought the right to access the movie, which is messed Mm. up. Mm -hmm. But we've kind of unfortunately accepted that world. We... That's where we are now and the convenience it's, of not having to manage a large library of physical media is now overtaken by these problems. It's it's a give and a take, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's like feeding back off of, uh, off of right to repair. It's that when you physically own an item, as Murdoch says, it is yours to do, it should be yours to do with uh, as you will. And say, for example, with like, certain things with like cars and whatnot, you can go out and do all the work yourself. It may not, be, sometimes they are designed to work better with certain components. 
mm-hmm. and and that's fine. And that's that's a choice you make when you're fixing and editing and customizing. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing now is that that ability is being taken away from you. To even if you want to use swap out certain parts of a phone with proprietary parts, mm-hmm. you may not even be able to do that because they've built the product in such a way that it stops you from doing so. And yep. when you have things like phones where batteries are have a limited lifespan, that puts a, a significant hard end life on the phone and that's done in a way to hurt you or to extract more resources from you. Well, mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeff, you are now straying into, uh, into something else. And I think there was something we were talking about earlier uh, off mic. Murdoch, you were talking about chasing gremlins. Uh, you actually mentioned it up top, didn't you? Uh, so the, the past week has been ex- extremely frustrating for me personally on like a professional level. I've been chasing a bug in code for three days. No sleep. <laughs> 99 uh, bugs in the code, 99 <laughs> bugs. You take one out, you patch it all out, 120 bugs in the code. <laughs> <laughs> Almost that, except it it has taken three days of sort of like reverse engineering what somebody has written a few years ago to understand what it was doing, to understand why it was marked as a bug before realizing, wait a minute, this isn't, this code works. It looks wrong. It may be counterintuitive, but it works. This is not a bug. I have never seen, you know, the joke of it's not a bug, it's a feature. (laughs) <laughs> in a real life example and then come back and talk to the quality assurance team and the business side and explain to them that n- no this was intentionally designed this way and, and it does work who designed it the joker <laughs> <laughs> some men just want to watch the world burn <laughs> It's an odd situation because what we've just been talking about in the first half is, you know, the ability to go back into the things that we own and either alter them, but fix them, repair them so that we can continue to use them. And Mm. if we're talking about things like iPhones, for example, their lifespan has certain constraints upon it, some of which are natural So, for example, if you were to go back and take an old Apple computer from the the 80s or the 90s and get it all plugged in, all the software up and running, get it on the internet, it's not going to work simply because it was designed at a time when some of these computers predate the World Wide Web, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, like, single web pages, especially with all the adverts that are scattered all over them, can take, you know, megabytes, megabytes of data just to display a page. These computers don't even have that much RAM. Hmm. It's like taking an old telegraph and trying to send a message. There's nobody out there to receive it. Certain Hmm. things have just, time has moved on. They are no longer relevant in a usable sense. They're relevant in a lot of other ways, but perhaps not in a practical sense. Exactly. So that will eventually happen to the computers we own. It has happened to the smartphones we've had in the past, especially with like Android. One of the big positives of Android was you could give these phones a second life after the manufacturers had stopped giving software updates. Well, we'll just flash a custom ROM, we find something that's designed for this device, but eventually the two gigabytes of RAM that these things have became not enough to run the software that we want to run today. Mm. So 
that's not the fault of the manufacturer per se. That's just time. That's just life. There's only so much future-proofing you can do. We make improvements, we make discoveries, we make bigger, better computers. Our software then is designed to take advantage of that, and old devices mm. are left in the past. That's just the way it is. There's a difference when that is artificially done, when it is done, okay, we just don't want to support this device anymore. Okay, you can have the latest iOS update, but we're going to slow down the phone so that it still runs in a way that we think is acceptable. Hmm. Or, you know, just like, you know, I have, I have owned phones where I would buy them within the first year of release and they would never get a meaningful software update. Hmm. Yeah. That's a choice on the manufacturer. It reminds me of like the difference between like you, you know, like human beings live for a certain amount of time and that's mm -hmm. normal and that's natural. And then you've got the replicants in Blade Runner where they've only been given a set number of years. There was no reason to do that other than they could only have a set number of years. Mm. And it's the same thing. It was a lot of these things are done in a way so you are forced to replace them. You have to you have to buy a new one. Planned it, obsolescence. It, 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 it is ridiculous when the answer to a software update is, you know, an entirely new device, an entirely new purchase. And, and speaking as we you know, spoke up top about right to repair, it's most of the time this is done in a way to extract more money from you. There is yeah. no other purpose for it other than they need to sell a brand new phone every month, every year, every month. Well, don't give them ideas. <laughs> oh, don't don't um, give them ideas, Jeff. <laughs> they need to sell a new phone every year. And to do that, they need to generate the demand for a new phone every year. And they do that by killing phones that currently exist mm -hmm. because we are in a, an eternal quest for eternal growth because, you know, things can grow exponentially without limit. That's how the world works. It's fine. Oh, yeah, there's no limits. We, we live in an infinite no. world. I mean, didn't you hear? Oh, the, the universe is infinite. It keeps expanding. We just put out more chairs. <laughs> <laughs> So this is where I feel like Apple have, uh, redeem is too strong a word. They have softened the edge of their, the knife they've been stabbing us with in right to repair, where they, I believe, and this is an opinion, I believe that Apple's longer software update cycle has mm -hmm. pushed the big Android makers to follow suit, both Samsung and Google Again, Google, bless their cotton socks. I believe they try, they just don't, have mm. committed to, you know, five and six year software support for devices. Mm -hmm. This is extending the, the lifespan of devices far beyond the previously, like two or three years was the maximum you could expect out of a phone. And it's what pushed mm. me away from Android. Yeah, I mean, if, for example, if I, if I was on an Android phone right now in the olden days, my, my phone would no longer be receiving updates. Mm. Exactly. So... I do think, because Apple has an amazingly dominant position, especially in the US, on the smartphone market, they account for like over half of smartphones owned in the United States. That's, That's terrifying. Well, when you consider that Android is split between multiple manufacturers, that's a lot. That that's the whole, that, I mean, it's not, it's not, but it's bordering on, it's not monopoly, but it's... It's, it's hegemony, a, it's a, maybe, I think it might be the right word. Oh, oh nice, hegemony, <laughs> the Apple hegemony. Hmm, so now I want to play Total War. I don't know, hmm. maybe someone needs to look that up. I could be very wrong. I'm not entirely sure that's Hedge the right word. <laughs> I think hegemony is kind of like, yeah, like, I mean, I suppose that would imply that they're, because that, they're, uh, that would imply they're in control fully and they're implementing their ah, no, influence, right. but... Leadership or dominance? Hmm. They're... I mean, I don't know if they're, I mean, are they dominant? I mean, they're not forcing other companies to do stuff. They're just kind of hinting and, 
I will go with hegemony. It's it's cool. It, we'll have the dopers help. We'll have the dopers hell rule. It's cool. Ooh, ooh, it's left the D and D table. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plan mm-hmm. is working <laughs> soon. <laughs> I'm 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 sad in a little thought bubble myself here. I'm I'm thinking ooh, there are a douche. couple of things. You have maturity of you know production, maturity of design. Uh, Apple clearly has like an upper hand here. Mm-hmm. Their designs are pretty mature. They're pretty stable. They have been for quite a few years. And this is, it's part of their culture to sort of iterate safely on what already works as opposed to what you find with some other manufacturers where it's, let's, you know, throw in some new things. Google has had a bit of a spotty record when it comes to like their foray into more than sort of developers phones. They had entered the consumer market, right? The Pixel, the Pixel line was definitely supposed to be the Nexus was a enthusiast device. The Pixel mm-hmm. was, hey, Google now sells an iPhone competitor. Mm. And, and it is a little bit sad just because the Nexus line was great for its time. They were performant. They were they were cheap, sufficient. I'd say they were cheap. Uh, no, no, they, they they were reliable phones. They were. It's, it's strange that they didn't carry this DNA over into their now more premium line of phones. Like they've been hampered with quite a few issues over, over the years. That's why I say when I reference Google, Samsung, Google, I think needs it needs to be pointed out how unreliable they actually are with these devices that they price the same as, you know, Samsung flagships, iPhone flagships. Like Samsung really ought to get the credit here where they are producing excellent phones in multiple price points and their mm. software is vastly improved from the last time I used it. It is mm. usable now. And they, they are doing interesting things. They, they, they are good phones. But I mean, Google has a very strange relationship with its, with, with its products, with its consumers, with its customers, with itself. I don't understand what's going on, but they'll come out with something. It's great. Everybody loves it. And then they will just take it out back and shoot it for no apparent reason. (laughs) And they do it with everything. Every product Google comes out with, they kill eventually. I mean, the pixels are still going. It's not even planned obsolescence with them. It's just, I I don't even know what it is. It's software ADHD. They just can't keep focus. It's Mm. like a hamster that keeps eating its babies. I don't (laughs) understand. (laughs) Oh, They do that, by the way. It's it's horrific. <laughs> Just to ruin hamsters for you. <laughs> well, the, the the thought bubble I had was quite literally: you have things that are badly designed, not not intentionally. They just happen to lack a certain amount of maturity. Yeah, I I am looking at the Google Pixel line. They I think changed their processor to their own in-house design, and that has had a few quite troublesome issues. They're copying Apple's homework again. Uh, to, to a certain extent, except Apple has been doing this for years, right? So you have, not intentionally, but ultimately sort of like badly designed hardware. It, it wasn't the goal to design bad hardware, it just happened to be a bad design or lacking in, in one yeah. way or another. So that isn't necessarily intentional. I hope not. <laughs> it's not intentional. It's just incompetence. It's <laughs> incompetence is probably the right word, I guess. I, what is it they say? Never attribute to malice that which is equally attributable to uh, <laughs> stupidity. Yeah, it's Hanlon's razor. Yeah, I, I love it. I use it every day. <laughs> it's my stupidity. It's an odd one because 
we have to accept that as the world moves on, that things are going to get left behind. But mm-hmm. there is this awkward situation. I mean, Jeff, you still live in the UK. You're telling me they're now removing, they'd removed terrestrial TV, but now you're talking about removing digital TV to go to an internet only model, which can only be good, right? Everything on the internet is good. There's a lot of talk about it. I mean, I believe it's because they're really wanting to, like the bandwidths that broadcast on terrestrial and digi- the digital airwaves, that they're very valuable. I think they want to, part of it was removing the terrestrial one is because they wanted to free up those channels for the military and the police. Oh. I think they also use for like 4G, 5G, right? Hmm. Uh-huh. And there's and there's, there's more talk of that because there's, you know, there's 6G in the works, you know, so that's, that's all going to be fun. But yeah, digital... It only turned up 10, 12 years ago, and there are people out there that really rely on it because you cannot get internet in certain places in the UK. It's just not feasible. Ah, Mm. yes, the good old-fashioned rural broadband rollout. Yeah, that never happened that BT were given so much money for and never did, but that's a different that's a different conversation. Well, the mm. UK is excellent at large infrastructure projects, like, the, you know, world leaders <laughs> at uh, rolling out anything, anything at all. Sarcasm. I'm included. I'm really enjoying I'm really enjoying this high-speed rail from uh, the north <laughs> to London that, that was promised that's so not getting stopped at Birmingham. But a bit of a a bit, a bit of a cycle, wasn't there that old song internet was uh, I'm trying to remember, was the television killed the radio star? Oh, TV killed the radio star. Mm. Video killed the radio star. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. There's a certain logic to it that if we can get all of the spectrum, what's the word I'm looking for? Broadband spectrum, the radio wave thingies. Mm. I am not an engineer. This may be coming becoming more and more apparent. Somebody somewhere out there is grinding their teeth listening to this. <laughs> they're pulling uh. the car. They're pulling the car over so they could just weep uncontrollably into their wheel like the stupidity burns. L- no. Listen, listen, listen. listen. <laughs> Before we continue that thought, I have to tell you. Basically, I've done a little bit of studying on like radio transmission and stuff that goes uh-huh. over wireless. It is voodoo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have it on good authority. It. That is ju- it is just pure voodoo, and I, I, I'm an I knew it. Little matter. fairies and gremlins are carrying the data. I knew it. Uh, it it's, it's crazy. <laughs> so here's the thing. There's a certain logic to the idea that if we can use all of the spectrum available to us for the internet, and then we provide all the services that we were previously allocating specific spectrum to on the internet, everything works. Everyone wins. There is mm. a logic to it, but... At the same time, like, I hate the idea of, I have seen all over the world, people still use the old same size in every direction CRT screens. I've seen black and white screens out there. And Mm. the crazy thing is, is you can get various boxes and adapters that will take whatever the current standard of broadcast is, translate it into something an old TV can understand, and then jam it into whatever port, socket, or esoteric black magic that is on the back of these devices. And then you have today's television broadcast on yesterday's TV. And this is wonderful. This is like the three R's of sustainability. And this is the, I guess, the indulgently minimal takeaway here is like reuse, recycle, and re-something else, whatever those three R's actually are. Uh, we are such prof- we are such professionals. I'm going to find out what the three are. <laughs> Indulgently minimal at gmail.com. Please correct my stupidity. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I know I it's think- recycle and reuse. I know those are in there. Re- recycle okay, so and reuse. Re- like, this, this, this is exactly what we are fighting. Jeff, do you have the answer? Yeah, it's uh, reduce, reuse, and recycle. 
Ah. So, uh, this is a very indulgently minimal concept, right? So if I have my old phone, like I still have an old iPhone 5S that doesn't get updates anymore, but it's holding on to my British number so that I don't mm. lose it, so that I still get it's still activated on iMessage. That's reusing. That phone doesn't need to end up in a landfill. It still has a purpose. It still has a life. Old mm. televisions can be retrofitted with little external boxes that plug into whether it's HDMI, SCART, 3-pin, RGB. I remember my old N64 had some sort of adapter that allowed it to plug into literally the TV's antenna port. Ah, uh, with the little Remember thing when where you video had to, games yeah. were on Channel 6? Yeah, you oh. had to flick it, yeah, yeah. Uh, classic <laughs> times. You, you sat down in front of the TV and you're trying to tune the channel just right so you can play your little video game. <laughs> this, like, this, ah, was, this ah, was the clear? Way. No, not clear. Clear, clear. Hooray, we have a picture. I think I see Mario. I think I see Mario. Oh, no, no, that's just... <laughs> oh, we, we've gone too far. We're on the Italian channel. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. When we can do that, it's fantastic. And obviously with the CRT thing, you know, in in certain uh, gaming communities, CRT monitors are highly valued. Oh, for the fast response times. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why I said that so sassily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then there is also the case of, like we talked about, yes, you can uh, unplug whatever internet television is coming through into your old television with an adapter and it will it should be able to work fine. Mm. The problem is, is there are certain parts of the country and the world where the internet is coming through on old copper wiring and it does it's not, not contain it doesn't have the bandwidth. You cannot push the bandwidth through and there and it become and, and it becomes obsolete and it hurts vulnerable people and hurts vulnerable communities and it's not necessary at this point to do so. And it just seems kind of cruel. Hmm. We've said it so many times on the show. It's amazing how much tech and even like just modern services, modern ideas are designed thinking that everybody lives in like an American super city hub yeah. with high speed internet and high incomes and all the rest of it without considering the rest of us who have varying access to variable services. Mm -hmm. like not everybody lives in Seattle. Not everybody lives in Seoul. Yeah, a super you know, some, future city. Yeah, mm -hmm. some people live in the middle of nowhere. And whilst that sounds fantastic, I want to live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I, I can see one of the notes for like, we should be bringing us in for a landing right now. And I can see where this idea goes. But mm -hmm. to get us there, like, yeah, I mean, my final thought for today definitely is maybe we need to be thinking like, again, right to repair, planned obsolescence, all of this other, you know, my iPhone hasn't been overheating, but other people's have. Like, that's not great for a new phone. Maybe if something can be taken away from you, we need to be either not getting it or at least not relying on it. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about, oh, my iPad doesn't work as well as it used to. Or, oh, no, my note-taking app has changed everything and now I have to pay a monthly subscription to an AI I'm not going to use. Mm. <sighs> you know what still works just fine? Pen and paper. <laughs> I thought I was moving away from it. Now maybe I need to be moving away from a reliance on the digital world. Sometimes we have to take a step back from convenience mm -hmm. for everybody's benefit. Like, yeah, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's a bit more annoying having to write notes down and type them up later, but at least we're not supporting a predatory practice that may continue to grow with our constant use. And it mm. doesn't even need to be that bad. 
Because now, like, most cameras can have some sort of handwriting recognition. iPhone is great at this. I believe Android does it as well. So you could just write on your paper, take a picture of it on your camera, copy it into your note-taking app of choice. Not with my handwriting. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's a you problem, Jack. You know, you were meant to be a doctor. You You missed your calling in life. The handwriting was trying to tell you something. I can't even read my own handwriting as sometimes it's it's uh, it, it's a problem. There's a second half of that thought bubble I was having earlier. It's basically there there is incompetence and then you have competent design. Like this is a good design. This works well, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's reliable as long as you take care of it, but there's a designed lifespan for these things. And the issue isn't that these things are reliable for a long time. The issue is that these things become incredibly expensive to maintain and not for any good reason yeah it's not like everything is infinite that notepad has a finite number of pages Mm -hmm. right your notepad will become obsolete swish swish Mm -hmm. but it's fine because i can just go out and buy another one euro legal notepad it's Mm. not that big of a deal and as long as you know you're supporting sustainable paper production recycling all the rest of it it's not that big of a deal replacing a thousand euro ipad is a different prospect no it is it is and and the issue isn't it it's not even that repairs are not accessible it's the fact that they are prohibitively prohibitively expensive yeah yeah so and i think jeff you have the maybe the answer here with as ever wonderful jeffisms i i see this final note i believe it belongs to you ah yeah if I'm re- if I'm reading my notes rightly, correctly, because I'm a professional and I know what I'm doing, and I remember <laughs> I remember writing this down. This whole thing—it's a great opportunity to just like maybe step away, step back, go outside, touch some grass, prod a mushroom, stomp in mm. some clay, you know, <laughs> follow an actual bug, Murdoch, an actual real life bug, and see what uh, it does. See where I- it goes. Do yeah. well, please. Hope, hopefully I'm not imagining them. <laughs> Phantom bugs in the out in the wild. It's like, oh yes, do you see that spider over there? What spider? <laughs> when, when you start like when the little grasshopper pulls out a pipe and starts like piping for you to follow it, maybe then's the time to step even further back. But uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, yeah, as we've said before. Stepping back, disconnecting, unplugging, and spending some time in the real world, in the natural world, it is so good for you. And once again, I just love these little Jeffisms. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Go prod mushrooms. Okay, guys, thanks for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed this one. We've been indulgently minimal. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram, we're on Mastodon. Links in the show notes. Any thoughts, questions, comments, please send us an email. We're on indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you all. Thanks again to everybody that supported us on coffee. It really does help us keep making the show. So if you'd like to buy us a coffee, help us keep doing what we're doing. There's a link in the show notes. It is ko-fi.com forward slash indulgentlyminimal. I've been Moggy and I've been joined today by Jeff. Thanks, guys. Remember to go easy on the mushrooms because they're quite delicate. They break quite easily, so a gentle prod. (laughs) Don't hurt the mushrooms. Mushrooms are our friends and they actually have feelings. Hmm. And Murdoch. They do. And remember, folks, indulge a little. Thanks for joining us. See you for the next one. Bye. See you later, guys. Take care, everyone.